The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Sit for a few minutes in silence as people trickle in and then I'll give uh, make some introductory comments. So welcome. Does this sound okay for everyone? Yeah? Thanks, Randy here is our uh, manager for the day. Thank you, Randy. If if there are questions, um, you can come to either of us if you need something. So in terms of uh, logistics, um, we'll uh, largely have have quiet periods of sitting and walking practice. And while while, uh, you're walking, uh, there are opportunities, if you'd like, to sign up for a practice discussion, which is 10 minutes, and we'll meet in the back room there. And I don't know exactly when we'll be... Breaking, so I haven't assigned times. I've just written out slots for each particular walking period, and um, they are, you know, just to maximize the number of people that that can I can meet with. Uh, we've made them for ten-minute periods, which is hard for me. I'm going to want to talk to you more, and you need to help me not do that. So, no pressure, you don't have to be paranoid about time, but just be conscious of, of the time so that I can be roughly on time for the following person. Um, any, any, we'll break maybe 12.30ish, something like that for lunch. Um, I think those are the only the only details on on my don't, mind. Don't be parked in a parking lot. Don't don't be parked in Yeah. Okay, don't be parked in in our our lot or in the dentist lot or or at the rest home, yeah. Okay. Also don't don't do walking meditation through the dentist parking lot. Don't don't uh, don't freak out the dental patients. <laughs> by doing our little zombie routines in the parking lot. Um, yeah, so, so let's see. Um, you know, as, as teachers, like we're on a, maybe a day like this, I'm supposed to share my clarity and confidence uh, but instead uh, today I will share my uh, ambivalence and uh, a particular kind of ambivalence um, and it's it's really an ambivalence about uh, technique about meditation technique um, I was trained in a very sort of like regimented way of attending a kind of very, um, 
yeah, highly prescribed way of practicing. And I'll share that with you later. Um, and it's a kind of practice where at every moment you know where your attention is supposed to be in a very precise way and you know what you're looking for. And um, there is like deep value in that. And I'll, I'll ex- sort of share and reflect on some of that value and maybe we'll, you've very likely tasted the value of practicing in a, um, in a very structured way. Um, but I have mixed feelings. So on the one hand, I have this, that background and that's largely how I've practiced in my years. Um, but then when I actually teach meditation, I like find myself like naturally drifting towards much vaguer instructions and kind of impressionistic flourishes that people may or may not understand, I may or may not understand. Uh, and it, there's much more of an attempt to kind of like seed the mind with particular flavors so that um, we learn new things by looking in new ways. So one of the issues with, with technique that I see is, um, uh, is we can start to get so familiar with what we're looking for, we only see certain things. And our practice can get a little bit maybe rigid. It tends to go deep that way, but it doesn't always go broad. That what that means is it, I, I think there are methods that are more conducive to settling, to samadhi, to changing the experience of what it is to be aware. And um, there are ways in which we can get fixated on particular aspects of experience and we never actually enter the room of our experience with like eyes wide open. We're always looking for something. We're always looking for particular objects, particular experiences. And sometimes the movement from just like being lost in discursive thought and some fantasy into some sense of like waking up and entering that room of awareness. Um, it's just like sheer wonder you know, when we don't know what we're supposed to f- look for or supposed to find. And there's a sense in which, in which meditation is, is always improvisational we're we're always um, discovering what it means to be awake, what it means to be human, what it means to let go, 
And those are not things that we like did and mastered and now we just repeat. It's actually like we have to discover this each time. And there's profound value in having uh, times of practice where we really don't know what we're looking for. And we don't know... Uh, we're not preferencing one object over another. And the sort of like grooves of our mindfulness, the, like the places where we look, you know, we like look down at the body or we look at, uh, you know, for this thought or that thought or we look for kindness or cruelty or, you know, we have all these like ways we look for things. What what actually would it be like to enter uh, experience without any agenda for what to look for or how to look? And there's something very profound about that kind of willingness to be uh, surprised by our own minds and our own lives and our own behavior. And so uh, this is one of the ways in which the, the practice uh, broadens, it broadens us. And the kinds of, um, where we actually are more capable of like ferreting out the zones of unconsciousness, of habitual reactivity, the places where we very likely spill our suffering onto others, where we suffer ourselves. That's part of this broadening practice, you know, of just looking 360 degrees around the mind, around our emotions, around our behavior. And sometimes uh, the singular focus on technique can uh, just sort of uh, pigeonhole our viewing. So that's maybe the plug for no technique or minimal technique. Uh, And yet I'm not dismissive in any way of technique and feel like if anything maybe in the uh, mindfulness insight meditation vipassana scene like sometimes concentration and the kind of clarity of the practice is underemphasized and there can be a way in which we wind up kind of floating and the line that segregates the object of focus from distraction can start to get blurry. Do, do you know, does that make sense? Like that, that line, like, okay, so if we were, let's say, using the, the breath as a focus, that would be like, we could draw a circle around the breath around these sensations right here. Maybe we're attending here or here. And essentially, those sensations are within the focus space and everything else is, is essentially to be let go, to be a, a distraction. 
And we're not fighting with everything outside of that focus space, but we're allowing it to be in the background with the, the breath at the foreground. The line drawn around the breath in that case is usually pretty clear. It's a pretty bright line. But with what I, you know, with the few minutes I just spent talking about broadening, and uh, it's vague. It can get vague. It's like, oh, wait, I'm trying to look in a new way or find something new or like, you know, and, and like there's like a, that, the line of what's focused and what's distraction or papancha or proliferative thought, that actually, that line starts to thin out. We can't really see sometimes so well. And um, the truth is I probably rather have people uh, kind of too fixated on objects and particular ways of looking than floating through weeks or months or years of practice. And so the thought today is, uh, is to actually provide a little bit of, of, of both kinds of instructions and uh, how they come together for you is uh, I, I don't have any kind of hope for what that will look like in your life. Uh, but it's to, to begin to appreciate that there are, uh, there are reasons to have highly specified techniques and ways of focusing. And that brings, I think, certain distinctive fruits. And there are reasons to enter the room of awareness and not know what we're looking for or where we're going. And so there, there's maybe this, you know, the kind of like, there is both practice, the way practice seeps in is it, it deepens and it broadens. And if we get identified exclusively with one of those aspects, uh, something's neglected. So any, uh, any questions about what I have said so far? Yeah. I'm wondering how you recommend um, using both of those styles. Do you recommend for a period, say today, of just concentrating on the focusing and then another period where you do the more broad, more broad, uh, less focused? I don't know. Um, I, I, I mostly, mostly when we're unsure about how to practice, like when we're debating between one 
one kind of practice versus another, one bona fide practice versus another kind of practice. Mostly that's just a kind of manifestation of doubt. And you should just pick one and it doesn't really matter. And then you maybe circle back and like, okay, that felt skillful. And if you find yourself like always leaning to one's practice style, it may be good to mix it up. But I wouldn't make much of a deal. And I definitely... Um, you know, I don't, I, I'm wary of trying to like over-engineer a meditative path. And uh, there, there really is a lot of improvisation. And, and ultimately, um, the only thing that saves us is our sincerity, you know, and just like, like what, what is happening here? what's happening, what, what's needed, what's needed. And sometimes we may not know, uh, and there are, sometimes there may not be an answer, but um, it's ultimately like our willingness to ask, like am I, as the practice unfolds over the years, like am I getting into a groove that's skillful, or am I, is my practice becoming a subtle way of actually avoiding aspects of my mind or my life. And we just, we ask that question again and again throughout the years and decades of practice, I think. And it keeps getting more and more refined and hopefully we can bring our full hearts and honesty to that, to those big questions, you know. And... I think we likely, when we need to be doing something else but aren't, we'll feel that and we can listen to it. But generally, you know, like on the day-to-day, you know, sit-to-sit kind of basis, um, don't, definitely don't make a big deal of it. That would be my suggestion. So maybe uh, maybe we can just stand for a moment and stretch and for for a second, and then we'll we'll sit together. <laughs> 